they left you without food or fire. I'm ashamed to see you make yourself so cheap by showing gratitude for every trifle. For goodness sake, have a little proper pride and leave off such fawning ways. Look at your brother and see how differently he behaves. Takes everything as a matter of course and has the sense to keep his feelings to himself. And people are sure to respect him all the more. It keeps up one's friend's interest when they are not too sure that one is pleased. But you, with your everlasting acknowledgments, will be seen through and despised very soon. Have a little more esteem for your own character, I do beg. What is to become of self-respect if people are to purr whenever they are pleased? Puss Missy had not the least notion what would become of it in such a case. But she supposed something dreadful. So she felt quite horrified at herself for having done anything to bring it about, and made a thousand resolutions to keep up her dignity, save self-respect from the terrible unknown fate in store, and purr no more. But it was all in vain. As soon as ever anything happened to make her feel happy and comfortable, throb went the little throat as naturally as flowers come out in spring, and there she was in a fresh scrape again. And the temptations were endless. The little boy's cousin, pale and quiet and silent as she was, would often take Puss Missy on her knee and nurse her for half an hour at a time, stroking her so gently and kindly, how could anyone help purring? Or the boy would tie a string with a cork at the end of it to the drawer handle of a table so that the kittens could paw it and pat it and spring at it as they pleased. How was it possible not to give vent to one's delight in the intervals of such a game when the thing was swinging from side to side before their very eyes, inviting the next bound? And when there was nothing else to be pleased about, there were always their own tails to run after and the fun was surely irresistible, and well-deserved a song. Yet the brother very seldom committed himself in that way. That was the great puzzle, and Puss Missy grew more perplexed as time went on. Nay, once, when they were alone together, and her spirits had quite got the better of her judgment, she boldly asked him in his many words, "'Why do you not purr when you are pleased?' as if it was quite the natural and proper thing to do. Whereat he seemed quite taken by surprise, but answered at last, It is so weak-minded, Mother says, I should be ashamed. Besides, added he, after a short pause, to tell you the truth, but don't say anything about it, when I begin, there's something that chokes a little in my throat. Mind you, don't tell, it would let me down so in Mother's eyes. She likes one to keep up one's dignity, you know. Had Mother Puss overheard these words, she might have been a little startled by such a result of her teaching. But, as it was, she remained in happy ignorance that her son was influenced by anything but her advice. Yet, strange to say, she had that choking in the throat sometimes herself. But at last... A change came in their lives. One day their friend, the curly-headed boy, came bounding into the kitchen 
where Puss and her kittens were asleep in raptures of delight, followed by the pale, quiet, silent cousin, as quiet and silent as ever. The boy rushed to the kittens at once, took up both together in his hands, laid one over the other for fun, and then said to the girl, "'Cousin, now they're going to give us the kittens for our very own. Just tell me which you like best, really.' I'm so afraid you won't choose for yourself when they ask you, and then, if I have to choose instead, I shan't know which you would rather have, and I want you to have the one you like most, so do tell me beforehand. Oh, I like them both, answered the girl in the same unmoved, indifferent tone in which she generally spoke. So do I, replied her cousin. But I know which I like best for all that, and so must you. Only you won't say. I wonder whether you like to have...